This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, April 8th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. When it comes to the current labor crunch, how much blame can we lay at the feet of the Trump administration's restrictionist immigration policy? Cato's David Beer says Joe Biden is well within his authority to alleviate many of those problems and has done next to nothing to fix it. I mean, if you look at the number of job openings um, in the economy right now, we're over 11 million job openings. And that's basically double what the average number of job openings since the Bureau of Labor Statistics first started counting that uh, stat in about the year 2000. And so of that doubling, about a 20% to 25% uh, could be attributed just to the COVID slowdown in visa issuances um, to workers abroad, immigrant workers abroad. And um, so that's a very substantial uh, part of the problem uh, when it comes to the labor shortage that we're seeing. When you uh, read what elected members of Congress are saying or other elected representatives are saying, where where are they laying the blame? Well, it's really all over the map, and it depends on who you ask. But um, I would say that probably the largest part of the uh, equation for members of Congress is, you know, employers not wanting to pay people enough. And, you know, I think that's, you know, that's a real problem, a real obstacle when you're trying to explain to them, you know, the limits of, of just continuously increasing wages. I mean, you can increase wages, but if, it, if uh, costs are going up everywhere, you just get inflation. And so there's not really a, a benefit there to workers, and you end up with less production. And when you have less production, you know, goods and services become more scarce, and, and that uh, drives inflation. So, um, you know, that's, that's the hurdle that we're facing is economic education um, on Capitol Hill. And it's probably worth uh, helping people understand or appreciate more fully that if you've got a tight labor market, uh, it doesn't take much in terms of a decline in available labor to push wages much higher. Well, sure. I mean, we're already seeing, you know, pretty dramatic uh, increases in in nominal uh, wages, but the you know, what you can actually buy with those wages, you know, is about the same or less. So um, ultimately, if you want prosperity, you should want more workers producing more things, um, which will increase our standard of living. And that's what it's all about is uh, increasing standard of living. So if we had to put a number on uh the immigrants we might have otherwise had from 2019 through today that we ultimately did not get, how big would that number be? It's about 2 million. Yeah, about 2 million um, more immigrants uh, would be in the country with work authorization if the trends had continued um, from before the Trump administration and uh, up through COVID. So 
Um, it's a significant shortfall. Some industries are, you know, extremely uh, tight labor markets. If you look at, you know, for example, one of the tightest uh, labor markets right now is in uh, landscaping, the landscaping industry, um, broadly services to buildings and dwellings. And they have about three job openings for every unemployed person looking for a job within that industry. And so there is an enormous amount of work that is going um, undone as a result of this labor shortage. And this is one of the industries in which the administration has discretion to increase the number of visas for it because most of these jobs or many of these jobs are temporary jobs. Um, and um, they did actually increase. Uh, we were pleasantly surprised. They did increase um, somewhat, but they have not used the full authority uh, that Congress gave them to increase the number of visas uh, for those uh, those jobs to the fullest extent. So they, they increased by about 35,000 and they have 64,000 that they could use. Um, so they're basically throwing away 30,000. <laughs> I mean, these are drops in the bucket when you're talking about, you know, 11.5 million job openings. Um, but that's what makes it even more perplexing is that, you know, we're still seeing um, tight visa policies, even during a time of truly unprecedented labor shortage. And to be clear, your assigning the slowdown in immigration to something that started well before the pandemic in early 2017. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, the the Trump administration's um, policies uh, certainly contributed to a slowdown in immigration during his um, one term in office. And COVID, I mean, supercharged all of those policies. And now we're at a place where every component of our immigration system is so paralyzed with backlogs that future immigrants applying, you know, they face uh, such a great hurdle compared to, you know, the great hurdles that existed even before the pandemic. And so we've made our system far less immigrant friendly. And at the same time, um, where we need immigrants more than ever. What would be the quickest thing the Biden administration or Congress, although Congress seems less willing to do anything, what's the quickest thing the Biden administration could do to uh, alleviate this pressure? Or, and do they really want to? No, they don't really want to, um, or else it would be happening. I mean, we're talking about, you know, so many different areas within our immigration system that are just not processing quick enough. And the reason they're not processing quick enough is because the administration wants to do all kinds of unnecessary security checks and clearances and medical checks. And I mean, we're doing medical screenings on um, people who've been in the United States for 10 years. Um, and it's just a massive waste of bureaucratic resources. And the consequences of that is people losing their authorization to work uh, because the employment authorization document that they were supposed to receive um, wasn't processed in time. 
Um, at consulates abroad, we have about a half a million immigrants waiting for visa interviews to, to get a visa that would enable them to become a permanent resident in the United States. And the State Department is just doing absolutely nothing to expedite the process uh, for them. They, they don't want to do any kind of virtual interviewing. They don't want to use any kind of technology to, to um, you know, expedite the reviews of their applications. And so we're just left in a situation where the, that half a million people is just a half a million people that are being taken out of the economy by bureaucratic choice. Um, you know, beyond them, you got another probably a million to a million and a half um, temporary visa holders who are trying to get uh, temporary visas at, at consulates abroad. And it's the same story there. I mean, they don't want to, um, you know, they don't want to what they would consider uh, abbreviate the process. And I would just say streamline or expedite unnecessary bureaucratic hurdles. And of course, the refugee flow as well. I mean, many of these jobs that would be filled would be filled by refugees. And the refugee program uh, is basically non-operational at this point. I mean, we last month, the, the news just came out that we resettled 12 Ukrainian refugees um, in the context of a 4 million uh, person flow out of Ukraine. And so, I mean, these, this refugee program, the cap is set by the president, not by Congress. So it could be set at whatever level um, the president wanted to set it at. And yet he's just chosen not only to set a low cap, but then not even to fill that. Um, allotment uh, that he set um, through really just bureaucratic delays and, um, again, not being willing to short-circuit the process. David Beer is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and give a rating to the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>